I'm Sarah. And I'm Casey. And we are Relatively Relatively Dark. (laughs) I thought we were doing good, man. What happened? I don't know. We were doing good. I know. I messed it up. I'm sorry. Right. That's I couldn't right. hold it together. My dramatics were throwing her off. She was Shakespearean it up. Arms and all. Yes. I was like presenting. You can't see, but I have to be in the moment. Yes. Just don't hit the boom arm. Okay. <laughs> no guarantees. How are you, sister? I am very good. How are you? I'm good. That's good. It's a good day. I just I go day. Today want... is a good day for a good day. I love that saying. I do too. So... You know how your last one kind of made us a little aggravated? Yeah. <laughs> this one's going to aggravate you a little oh, too. Dang it. But it needs to be told, all that jazz. So. Understood. I am telling it. Okay. I'm going to tell you about the disappearance of Matrice Richardson. Okay. Matrice LaVon Richardson was born April 30th, 1985 in Los Angeles, California. Her parents were Latisse Sutton and Michael Richardson. Oh, her name. Yes. I was wondering if you were going to realize that too. It's like a mix between Latisse and Michael. Yep. Matrice. So her mother Latisse said Matrice loved the spotlight when she was little. Mm. Always wanted to be the center of attention. And she said that she always told her, you can do whatever you want, but whatever you do, you have to give it your all. You have to give 100%. Right. And she said that she did. We're good. And she said, quote, whatever she did, she did it full-hearted. Matrice loved to dance, and she was a competitive cheerleader in high school. She also participated in dance competitions and pageants. Okay. Stunningly beautiful. Um, Her aunt, Lauren Sutton, described her as an amazing young woman, very motivated, and said that she had a beautiful personality. Mm. In, I want to say June of 2008, question mark. Okay. She graduated with honors from Cal State Fullerton, and she had planned on applying to graduate schools to pursue a doctorate in child psychology. Okay. Dr. Rhonda Hampton was a mentor and a friend of Matrice's, and mm-hmm. she said she had an innate passion and empathy and was wise beyond her years. Wow. So, like basically all of these cases, she seems like a great person, yeah. talented, smart, beautiful inside out. Um... In the summer of 2009, Matrice became somewhat fixated on the meaning of life, like what her purpose was. Okay. A few years earlier, I don't have a specific date or anything, but Matrice came out as a lesbian. Okay. And her family showed her nothing but love and acceptance. Okay. At the time she went missing, she was working as a go-go dancer at a gay and lesbian nightclub. She wasn't a stripper. She was just, you know, on like the little platforms. Yeah. Dancing. Um, Wednesday, September 16th, 2009 is where we're going to really start our story. Matrice is 24 years old at this time. Okay. About 5 p.m., Matrice gets home, and she actually lived with her 91-year-old grandma, great-grandma, named Mildred. Okay. And normally, they had supper together every night, but that day, she just visited for a while, and then she said she was going to go on a road trip alone to Malibu, which is about 40 miles away. Okay. She said she wanted to see the ocean. As she's driving, a restaurant called Joffrey's catches her eye, and it's apparently, like, super well-known in Malibu. Yeah. Big popular restaurant. Um, So she decided to stop there. She pulls up, and the valet attendant tells her that it's valet parking only. 
He lets her know that, and he goes to park another customer's vehicle. When he gets back, Matrice isn't in her car anymore. She's in his car, and she's rummaging through his CDs. Okay. And when he asks her, what are you doing? She says, nothing, it's subliminal. What? And she says, I came here to avenge Michael Jackson's death. Wow. Michael Jackson had died less than three months before this. Okay. Obviously, something's... Not right. Yeah. The valet worker ushers her inside, and she gets a table for one. She orders a $65 steak and a cocktail, totaling $89. Okay. While she's there, she notices a lively group of, I think, seven people, and she asks to join them. They say sure, she can sit with them, but they notice that Matrice's behavior and how she's speaking is a little concerning. Mm-hmm. She's talking a lot about astrological signs, which isn't necessarily weird, mm-hmm. but when they ask where she's from, she says she's from Mars, and she says that her mom is Mother Earth and that the ocean is calling her. This is just a few of the yeah things that kind of threw up some red flags. Yeah. Um, so they all talk, they hang out for a while, and the group eventually leaves. Shortly after they leave, Matrice goes to leave, but she's stopped by the manager because he informs her that she hasn't paid her bill. Mm. And she tells them, I'm pretty sure they paid for it. And he's like, no. So she kind of makes light of the situation. She's Mm -hmm. like, oh, busted, you know, not super concerned about it. But she makes an odd statement, and she says, according to the Disappeared episode that I watched about this, quote, I know I look like a venom, but I'm just from ours. What? I don't know what a venom is. I tried to look it up, and there's nothing, so I don't know. Huh. It's just another thing she says that is odd. Odd yeah. behavior. Yeah. I'm guessing nobody called for help or anything. They just think that she was being weird? We'll get there. Okay. Very shortly, we will get there, I promise. Okay. Um, she didn't try to run off or anything. She wasn't aggressive in any, in any way. She was just acting odd. Yeah. The manager asked if there was someone that they could call for, so she gave them Mildred's number, her great-grandma. Okay. They call her, and she gives them her credit card information over the phone to pay her bill, but they wouldn't accept it over the phone. They said she either had to come in to sign the receipt or mm. fax her, fax them her signature. Okay. But she didn't have a fax machine. Okay. Some of the staff offered to pay her bill for her. Mm, That was nice. But the owner thought it'd be best to let the authorities handle it. Okay. I think that, in my opinion, he was worried about her mental state is why he wanted to call the authorities. Yeah, I think that that sounds reasonable. That is my opinion. I'm not 100% sure. But sometime around 930, the police were called. And I'm going to play you a clip of that initial call to the police. Okay, cool. I like clips. Hi, I'm calling from Joffrey's restaurant in Malibu. Um, we have a guest here who is refusing to pay her bill, and you think she may, she sounds really crazy. She may be on drugs or something. Um, we were wondering if someone could come by and pick her up. Okay, well, what's the address there? It's 27400 Pacific Coast Highway. Is she a white, black, Asian, Hispanic? She's um, young black girl, probably in her 20s. Okay, what's she wearing? She's wearing a black t-shirt and I think blue jeans. Is she with anybody else? No, it's just her. So that is their call. Okie dokie. Which she mentions drugs, which, you know, is a possibility, but... Right. She's not acting right. Right. They acknowledge that they know that. 
Yes. At least there's that. Mm-hmm. When the deputies get there, they give her a sobriety test, and she passes. So she's not over the legal limit. She's sober. Okay. And she tells them that she left her wallet in her car. Okay. They look, and they don't find it. They did find her driver's license and her car keys, which is weird to me, and I haven't really found, like, an answer, but it's weird that her car keys were in her car. If the valet parks it for her, don't they have the keys? Like, kept, why would they keep the keys in the car? I don't know. I mean, if it's valet parking, the only people back there are the valets. They're going to be in charge of the keys, just like if they kept them. Maybe. I don't I know. I don't know. That is kind of weird, If anybody has though. ever worked as, like, a valet attendant, let us know how that works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they said her car was a mess, and they found a small amount of pot. But instead of giving her just, like, a ticket for a misdemeanor, Mm -hmm. they instead arrested her for defrauding an innkeeper was the charge. And she was later charged with possession of less than one ounce of marijuana. Okay. She was taken to the Lost Hills Police Station, which is about 15 miles from the restaurant. And her car was towed to a place that was close to the restaurant, but it was far away from the police station. Okay. Around 10 p.m., Latisse, Matrice's mom, she finds out what happens from Mildred. She doesn't find out that she was arrested and all that. She just knows about the whole bill that hasn't been paid. Right. Wouldn't let her pay it. So on and so forth. So, Latisse calls Joffrey's and the manager tells her that she was picked up and that she was acting strange. Right. Her mom just assumed that she had had too much to drink, even though she wasn't a big drinker, just because Matrice was acting so out of character. Mm Mm-hmm. It just came like a monsoon here, so if you hear a bunch of rain. It's because it's raining. Yeah, it's because it's raining. If you hear rain, it's because it's raining. (laughs) Um, Anyways, so Latisse was about 60 miles from the police station, and she had another 10-year-old daughter who was asleep. Okay. She was kind of iffy about going to get her if they were going to keep her overnight because that's 60 miles away. Mm -hmm. She has another kid sleeping. But she calls the police station to ask about her. And I'm okay. going to play you that clip as well. Okay. I do want to point out, though, that as of right now, it doesn't seem like anybody's acting strange other than Matrice, if that makes sense. Like everybody's doing what they should be doing? Yes. I kept thinking after our last episode, like, I wanted to wring some necks. Yeah. So I'm thankful for that, at least so far. Okay. You're going to make me mad, though. I remember that. <laughs> so crap. <laughs> okay. So, here is Latisse's call to the police station when Matrice was arrested. Okay. Are you guys going to book her and then release her on her own recognizance tonight? Because it's dark, she doesn't have a car, and I don't want her wandering out. I'm I'm totally just taken aback because this is so out of character for her. And you'll see when she comes in, she's well-spoken. I think the only way I will come and get her tonight is if you guys are going to release her tonight. Yeah. going to be held in custody for some type of arraignment tomorrow, then I will wait until tomorrow. She definitely has no place, you know, I mean, she's not from that area, and I would hate to wake up to a morning report, so lost somewhere with her head chopped off, so I guess I would have to come and get her, oh my God. Yeah, we're in a great host. The only thing is, at least in the station here, she will be separated, so nobody's going to be with her. Uh, so that's, you know, the plus thing, so you don't have to worry about her safety. Um, oh, yeah. No, I feel safe with her being in, in custody. It's being released, but I'm worried about it. Okay. It was a little hard to understand what the yeah, police officer said. Yeah, I was going to kind of go said. over it. Okay, good. Um, so, she's basically just saying, if she's going to be released tonight, I'm going to come and get her. Right. If y'all are going to hold her until tomorrow, I'm going to wait and come get her tomorrow. Right. 
and she's expressing concern that she doesn't know the area. She doesn't have her vehicle. She obviously right. doesn't have money, mm-hmm. a phone. So she doesn't need to be out on the streets at night in a place she doesn't know. Exactly. The police officer that answers her call, or the deputy dispatcher, I'm not sure who it was, but he tells her, you know, at least she'll be by herself while she's here. She'll be released tomorrow. She'll be safe while she's here. Mm-hmm. And he tells her that he will have Matrice call her whenever they do bring her into the station. Okay. I don't think all that was said on the recording, but that's just a clip of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will post a link to all of the recordings and stuff. You can find them on YouTube. Okie dokie. So, Latisse never gets a call from Matrice when she gets to the police station. Okay. So now we're into Thursday, September 17th, the next morning. Around 5.20 in the morning, Latisse gets up and she calls the sheriff's department. She's going to ask about the bell, see about picking her up. Well, this is when Latisse finds out that they released Matrice at 12.30 that morning. Midnight. Yes. Okay. Apparently, they released her because she had a clean record. She wasn't showing any signs of mental illness and therefore they had no reason to hold her. Okay. No one at the police station offered to give her a ride to her car that was 15 miles away or anywhere else. They didn't offer to take her home, take her to a car, nothing like that. The spokesperson for the LA County Sheriff's Department is a man named Steve Whitmore, or was at this time. Are we going to dislike him too? Yes, very much so, in my opinion anyways. He said that they offered to let her stay, but they would have to put her in a cell. You know, she'd be by herself. And he said she declined that offer. He said they offered to let her stay in the lobby, and she declined that offer. Okay. Matrice allegedly told them that she was going to meet up with some friends. Okay. But the only call she made, according to the logbooks, was to Mildred. So she didn't make any calls to friends to meet up with them right. while she was there. So she leaves alone, and she only had her driver's license and her keys with her. No money, no phone. Keys to a car that she can't get to 15 miles away. Yeah. There's no public transportation in that area. No buses. So Latisse calls everyone that she can think of, and no one has seen or heard from her. Not even Mildred. But the jailer said that Matrice called Mildred four times while she was at the station. But Mildred is saying she never called me. So... Yeah. She didn't call her. Um, so, Latisse starts to worry, and she calls the police again. And she's telling them something is wrong. And she asks them how long she has to wait to file a missing persons report. She says, is it 24 hours? Is it 48 hours? The dispatcher suggests waiting 24 hours since she was released just six hours earlier. But the whole time, Latisse is telling him she wouldn't have got on a bus She has no car. She has no money. She's unfamiliar with the area. She was acting strange, like, I'm worried. And you can hear this call, too, Mm -hmm. in the link that I'll post. And I will say, at the end of the call, the dispatcher seems a little more sympathetic. And if I remember right, he says, you know, we'll wait a couple hours or a few hours and get back to us, and we'll see if we can figure anything out. But during the beginning of the call, he's like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't really worry about it. But anyways. I guess I'm trying to think, like you say, devil's advocate. What have they heard before? How many times have they heard it before? And then nothing happens. But like you've said before, you never know. You don't know. Exactly. One podcast I listen to, Morbid, shout out. (laughs) They're never going to hear this. Um, (laughs) Hey, you never know. They always say, overreact. Nobody is going to be mad at you for Mm -hmm. using extra resources just to make sure somebody's okay. Yep. And I completely agree. Because the whole thing goes down. What if I'm wrong? Okay, nothing. Exactly. What if I'm right? If I'm wrong and she's fine and she's 
home as soon as we start to search, okay, she's fine. If I'm right. Exactly. Every minute matters. At 6.30, that same morning, the police get a call from a man in Montanito, and he tells them that he lives on Cold Canyon Road, which is six to eight miles from the police station, and he saw a young black woman in his backyard. Okay. He asks her if she was okay, and she says something like, you know, yeah, I'm just resting. And the next time he looks, she's gone. Okay. So the police do go there. They look around. They don't see her, and they leave. 6 p.m. that night, Latisse goes to the station to file a missing persons report. Mm -hmm. Right as Latisse is about to leave the station, a deputy tells her about the possible sighting of Matrice in Montanito. She didn't know about this before. They didn't think to tell her when she got to the police station that they had got a possible tip. And he seemed, according to Latisse, very nonchalant, kind of indifferent. Yeah. He gives her directions. You know, you might want to go check out that way because of this tip. So she drives straight there, and I think Lauren, which is Matrice's aunt, mm-hmm. was with her. Okay. And right away, they noticed the environmental conditions. Okay. It's very rugged. It's rough terrain. I mean, it's a canyon. Yeah. It's very dark at night, and I think Lauren was the one that said, it's a scary place to be by yourself. Oh, yeah. So the family's thoughts is that if Matrice didn't know that area, she wouldn't have just wandered there. Yeah. And someone must have driven her there. But the jailer said that she did leave alone. Okay. So now they're like, okay, did somebody pick her up? Right. Just all of these questions and like there's no answers, even bits of answers to any of them. Yeah. The next day, Friday, September 18th, the family starts to realize that they may have missed some red flags prior to Matrice going missing. Okay. Which hindsight is 2020. Yeah. Um, apparently there was a text message. I don't know who it was to, but it was from Matrice and she's talking about when she grows up, she wants to be Miss Mother Nature because Miss America is a joke along with everything else we see. It's just very odd, strange, off the wall, doesn't make sense. Um, which of course they didn't think much of it then. Yeah. I mean, and plus it's a text message. So only one person probably saw that. That's true. Also, the day before she went missing, she went to her aunt's house, Lauren. And she left business cards everywhere, all over the house. Okay. And they were cards for her go-go dancing. I'm not sure if they were for her specifically or like Mm -hmm. business cards for the club she worked at. Yeah. But, and also, there was a note left on her aunt's husband's windshield, if I remember correctly. Assumingly from Matrice. And it was a big smiley face and wrote in the margins was the phrase, black women scorned. Okay. So just a lot of stuff that is weird. Yeah. Now on to September 19th. Man. The LAPD was now put on the case because it was in their jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming from maybe the sighting in Montanito. Okay. I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that. But they do start their search there at that house. Okay. This was 48 hours after she was reported being seen there. The sniffer dogs picked up her scent And they followed it to a nearby home, but then the trail ended. Okay. So they took that as confirmation that it was Matrice that that guy saw in his yard. They also found footprints that they believe the pattern matched the shoes that Matrice was wearing when she went missing. Okay. One thing that's really weird is it looked as though, by looking at the path of the footprints, Mm -hmm. as she's walking, then running, and then just, they just disappear. Okay. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And from what I understand, that's the only footprints that were there Ooh, around creepy. hers. I don't know. 
Um, they searched for eight hours, and then they called it a day. Now we are to Wednesday, September 23rd. Homicide detectives are officially assigned to the case. Okay. And the first thing they do is they check her car. Okay. That's still at the, I'm assuming, an impound lot. Yeah. Why has no one checked this yet? I don't know. That's She's been weird. missing for six days at this point, and yeah. nobody checked her car. I understand that they looked for her wallet before, but she wasn't missing then. She was right there. Yeah. It seemed very weird to me that they, six days went by, almost a week, and they did not look in her car. I didn't think much about it, but I feel like that's obviously something you should do now that you say that. So I feel like they should have known that. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird to me. Me too. When they check her car, they found journals. Okay. And they tracked like her writing from the journals and her posts on MySpace and Facebook. And from what they gathered, they didn't really see how she had any time to sleep. Okay. During the 24 hours before her disappearance, she was constantly posting, like nonstop. Yeah. And most of her posts didn't make any sense. Wow. Um, a psychologist that worked for the police department said that it seemed like she had a men mental health condition, possibly bipolar disorder. Hmm. Which is weird because it often appears in a person's late teens and early 20s. Man. And Matrice was 24 years old. So it right. is, that is possible. They also found her cell phone and her wallet. What? Which had her debit card in it and she had more than $2,000 in her account. So you tell me how good they searched her car for her wallet. Not very. So, in theory... If they had looked better when they picked her up, I'm not blaming them. They could be, you know, perfectly fine police officers. But if that wallet had been found, she would have paid her bill and left and hopefully went home. And that'd be it. Hmm. During the time Matrice had been missing, Latisse has been asking the whole time for an incident report from the night that she was arrested. Mm -hmm. Any surveillance footage from the police station while she was there in custody. And all of those requests had been denied. Apparently, they told her that there was a protocol before they can release that information. Okay. But they told her that there wasn't any footage and that the cameras were for monitoring purposes only and they didn't record. Okay. Um, Thursday, September 24th, Matrice's family hired a civil rights lawyer named Leo Terrell and they okay. held a press conference outside the Lost Hills Police Station. All right. Terrell, the lawyer, said, quote, if Matrice Richardson's name was Spears or Lohan, they would have never let her walk out by herself. They would have escorted her home, end quote. Wow. And Latisse said, quote, on their vehicles, it says to serve and to protect. There was nothing protecting her when they allowed her to walk out that door, end quote. They're not wrong. No, and I mean, if she expresses concern, that's the biggest thing for me. And like I said, I guess like devil's advocate, whatever, they've probably heard that. And how many cases have they seen where, yeah, they're not acting right, but it's because they're high or because they're drunk and they don't want help and they can't do anything for them. Yeah, but how many times if they are drunk or whatever, they keep them in the drunk tank or they keep them overnight so they can sober up before they're released? Either way, like what we said, if you're not right, yeah, then she's in danger. Mm -hmm. um, in response to the press conference, Steve Whitmore spokesperson for the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Mm -hmm. He said, quote, The L.A. County Sheriff's Department did not only everything procedurally correct, but morally right, and my hope and prayer is she's found. End quote. Did you leave out a word there? No, that's how he said it. Oh. Did not only everything? Yeah, I thought oh. that too. Wow, okay. 
Days later, the police reports were finally released to the family, and nothing in that report indicated that she was mentally unstable. Okay. Although she was clearly exhibiting erratic behavior at Joffrey's. I find it hard to believe that in the time that she went from there to the police station, she was just completely fine. Right. In early January of 2010... Tensions, obviously, are high between Matrice's family and the authorities. Mm-hmm. And Latisse and Lauren, her mom and her aunt, have a meeting with the sheriff and the captain of Lost Hills. Okay. They ask again about any surveillance footage. They name off a list of possible types of footage that they could have. Do you have this? Do you have this? Is there any of this? Then the captain admits that there is some video footage. They had previously mm. said there was nothing because the cameras didn't even record. Yeah. How do you have something now if they don't record? But he said, or I guess one of them, whatever, said that before, they only asked for footage taken outside the station. They didn't ask if there was anything from when she was in custody. Be a decent human being and you know what she needs or what she's asking for. Yeah, even, I mean, <sighs> when she asked for something, you said, oh, they don't even record, they just monitor." You're talking about the ones in the police station? So, if they did record, you would have gave them to her, but you didn't because they were recording. What? What? You're not making any sense. Yeah, I'm confused now by what you said. Sorry. (laughs) Whitmore said, (laughs) quote, Should they have been more forthcoming and said, well, but there is this? Perhaps. And you have to ask yourself, was this done because we were scared of trying to cover something up and misbehavior, missteps? I don't think so, end quote. So he's saying that the police officers probably could have been like, oh, we don't have what you're asking for, but we do have this. But he's also saying that they're not trying to cover anything up. I think that's what he's saying. He, I don't know Why would you even bring that up? Mm -mm -mm. He's the spokesperson. He is their... Weird. (laughs) He is their weird. Um, (laughs) Saturday, January 9th, 2010. This is four months after Matrice went missing. Okay. Officials conducted the largest search in L.A. County in over 20 years at that point. Mm-mm-mm. But when the search was over, there was still no sign of Matrice. Oh my gosh. February. Oh my gosh. 2010. Three weeks after that search, Michael Richardson, Matrice's dad, he tells authority that he believes his daughter is working as a sex worker in Las Vegas, almost 300 miles away. Okay. He told them that he was sitting in his truck in downtown Las Vegas. He got a glimpse of a woman he believed was his daughter. He called out to her. He got out of his truck and he followed her, but he lost her in the crowd. Okay. So her dad, Michael, he believes that she's alive. Mm -hmm. He's out in Las Vegas Mm -hmm. searching for her while her mom, Latisse, believes that she's already gone. She just wants answers. Yeah. And she said, quote, in my heart, I knew her light wasn't shining. And I couldn't stop because even if her light wasn't shining, I had to find her and I had to bring her home. Hmm. It's so sad. That is sad. Um, and from what I understood, I don't think they were together at that point, her parents. Yeah, it didn't seem like they did. Yeah. They were because everything you've said is her and her aunt. Yeah. Or her mom and her aunt. Um, it is now Monday, March 29th, 2010. Okay. Matrice has been missing for just over six months. Hmm. The family finally gets to view the footage from when Matrice was in custody. I completely forgot about that because I got yeah. hung up on Mr. Whitmore being all weird. This is more than two months since their meeting with the sheriff and the captain when they found out that there was footage. It's ridiculous. In the footage, Matrice is acting agitated. 
she's holding on to like the bars and swinging and they see that she was released at 1228 which they already knew right so the jailer comes back in and i'm assuming it's from walking her out or whatever before the door the jailer came in closes another door opens and a deputy goes outside okay they described him as quickly going outside so the family has some questions some concerns who About was, the deputy who went out. Yes. Okay. Who was the deputy? Right after, mm-hmm. basically, she did. Yeah, sorry. If I'm going too fast, I'm just No, like, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, so they think maybe he knows something. He had to have seen her because she just went outside. Right. You know, did he offer her a ride? Did she ask for a ride? Did he talk to her did at he all? Did he even notice her? Anything? Yes. According to the sheriff's department, the deputy was just there dropping off an arrestee. And him and his partner conducted a routine traffic stop roughly an hour after Matrice's release, about six miles away. Okay. So I guess that's their way of saying, you know, there's no way the deputy was involved in anything because he was with his partner doing this or whatever. But that still doesn't answer the question, did he see her? Right. We're not necessarily asking if he did anything with her or did anything to her. Yeah. Do you have anything that would lead us in the right direction? Exactly. They're not actually accusing him of anything. Like, probably. They just want to know, did she say anything to you? Was she acting okay? Did you see her walk down this direction or that direction or whatever? Anyways. Mm -mm. Apparently, the family was previously told that there were no deputies at the station while Matrice was in custody. Why? Obviously, there was one. Yeah. Not saying he did anything, but anyways. I don't understand why are there conflicting stories. That is the big question. Exactly what they are, though. On June 26th of 2010, Matrice's family filed six claims against the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, two of which were negligence and wrongful death claims. The Sheriff's Department denied all claims. Mm-hmm. Shocking. And authorities believed the wrongful death claim may be irrelevant due to another possible sighting of Matrice in Las Vegas. An old high school friend of Matrice's claimed that he was at a Las Vegas casino around 3 a.m., one day earlier that month, mm-hmm. this is June, he said he saw a woman that he thought to be Matrice, said that she looked nervous and she took off running. Okay. I guess whenever he called out to her. Okay. Which is weird. Yes. A month later, investigators go to Las Vegas. They held a press conference there and said during the press conference, apparently more than 70 people claimed to have seen her. Oh, wow. In so Las maybe Vegas. her dad wasn't wrong. That's what they're thinking. All right. But Latisse refused to believe that Matrice had been there working as a sex worker for the past nine months. And she said, quote, I had to stand by what I believed in my spirit and in my heart. My daughter was still in that canyon, end quote. Mm. Less than two weeks after the press conference in Las Vegas, Sunday, August 9th, 2010, Malibu State Park Rangers were hiking in Dark Canyon, Mm-hmm. About 1 o'clock that afternoon. This is just a few miles from the alleged sighting of her in Montanito. Yeah. They were checking a spot where they had previously shut down illegal marijuana growth. Mm-hmm. This was about six weeks before she went missing is when they shut all that down. Mm-hmm. Um, one guy in the disappeared episode, I can't remember his name for nothing, I'm sorry, said that it was a very hard place to stumble upon. He said not many people knew about it and those who did were up to no good. Hence the marijuana. Gotcha. While on their hike, the rangers radio in that they found human remains. Mm-mm-mm. Sheriff's deputies arrive and take over the scene. And roughly six hours later, the partially mummified remains of a nude woman with black curly hair, along with some clothes, were airlifted out of Dark Canyon. Mm-mm. 
Three days later, on August 12, 2010, the remains were positively identified as those of Matrice Richardson. It's crazy that she knew. Yeah, a mother knows. Two days after that, when the remains were identified, an independent review board released a report on the claims that the family filed against the sheriff's department. Okay. It stated that the Lost Hill Station acted legally and responsibly in the arrest and release of Matrice Richardson. And it also said that the reports and videotape were released to the family in a timely manner. Six months in a missing persons case is timely? Yeah. Who knew? Right. Steve Whitmore (laughs) made the argument that the police or that deputy couldn't have been involved because she was seen alone in that guy's backyard. Sir. How did he get to where he's at? I don't know. Even if she wasn't physically killed by an officer or deputy, being released with no transportation, no money, no phone, contributed, in my opinion, and in the family's opinion, to her death. Yeah, especially when she flat out said, I don't want her out there. She doesn't know the area. She has no way and she's acting strange. And she told them, if she's being released tonight, I will go get her. They could have been like, oh, we're going to release her. Keep her. I'm going to let her mom know. It's changed. Plans have changed. She's getting released. I need to let her know. Yeah. Anyways. So, the same guy from the episode that I cannot remember his name. He said that the review didn't shed any light on the question about the deputy. Did he see her? Did he talk to her? No questions about that were answered. That's suspicious. Thank you. I agree. So, the coroner's report. The autopsy. The report stated there was no evidence of trauma and the cause of death was listed as undetermined. Latisse, in her opinion... She was found naked, therefore she was assaulted. Yeah. And to her, it didn't make sense, which it doesn't, that she hiked up there, took her clothes off, laid down, and just died. Yeah. Ugh. So her mom wholeheartedly believed that she was murdered. Yeah. Um, the big issue with the recovery of the remains that happened, against the coroner's advice, they were removed by sheriff's deputies before anyone from the coroner's office was able to examine them at the scene. Are you serious? From what I understand, that's, that's a big no-no. I'm pretty sure that's like tampering with a crime scene. It's just like back in the day when they would find a dead body on the side of the road and they would cover it with a sheet. Out of respect and with good intentions, but you can't do that because it erases critical evidence. You don't need to move remains from the crime scene until the medical examiner, the coroner, whatever, can examine it where it was found as it was found. Yeah. We even know that. Yeah. Uh, Whitmore said... Like, I'm going to throw up if you say his name one more time. He said, quote, (laughs) The homicide detectives were there with the body. And don't forget, homicide is in charge of the scene. The truth of the matter is that everything was done the way it should have been done. End quote. I bet it was. You're going to say that regardless. And in my opinion, Steve Whitmore comes off as... (laughs) He comes off as very smug... Like, arrogant. this is how it is. Yeah, arrogant. We didn't do nothing wrong. And he seems really annoyed that the family and possibly the public have so many questions. Like, look, everything was done how it is. Why are you guys all up in our yeah. grill? Like, we it, know what we're doing. He rubs me the wrong way, but whatever. And there is this big thing. I didn't look super far into it. It wasn't in, like, the Disappeared episode that I watched about this. But there was the issue with getting the remains out of the canyon, the helicopter, and there was like a fuel issue, and there was another emergency somewhere else. So that's why they went ahead and moved them. I don't know, but yeah, whatever. Um, 
Latisse was told that they had to move the remains because it was getting dark and they didn't want the remains to be disturbed by wildlife. Okay. Are you just going to leave them there until morning? Is that why you're saying you don't want wildlife to get them while nobody is there with the remains? That makes no sense. You stay there. What? Get out lights and do the work that you're supposed to do. There exactly. are workers not on the... roads in the middle of the night you with are not these the... huge lights. <laughs> you are not the only police department or authorities that have came across a crime scene at night. It's not like this is the first time this has ever happened. It's like, oh, it's nighttime. We can't do our job. It makes no sense. Anyways, <sighs> uh, deputies claimed that they thought that they did have permission from the coroner's office to remove them. That's a big thing, though. You're either going to know if you do or you don't. Um, soon, world-renowned independent forensic anthropologist, Clea Koff, she joins the family's fight for answers about Matrice's death. Okay. And she also believes that things were mishandled by authorities. A few of the things she points out is that she was missing for 11 months, three weeks, mm-hmm. found naked, but her clothes were never sent to the crime lab to be tested. What? How are you going to determine that her cause of death is undetermined without even testing anything? My gosh, they like... How do you know there was no trauma just because there's no blatantly obvious physical trauma? There's a lot of things that you can't tell once it gets to a certain point. They did not do everything they could from start to finish. No. <sighs> anyway, the sheriff does order investigators to take another look at the remains. Okay. 11 months after Matrice is buried. 11 months after she's buried? Yes. So this is almost two years after she's went missing? Yes. In July of 2011, Matrice's body was exhumed. The coroner came to the same conclusion. Cause of death was undetermined. Well, yeah, you can't change it now. That would just look horrible. Yeah. During the pretrial depositions for the lawsuit that the family filed against the police department, some of the deputies testified that they were aware of Matrice's strange behavior at Joffrey's. And the arresting officer said that he knew something wasn't right and he was worried about her. Mm. So the people that were there were worried about her. Yeah. I honestly think that's one of the reasons why they arrested her after they found the pot. They did charge her with, you know, defrauding an innkeeper or whatever. But I think part of it is because they were concerned. Yeah. So they took her in. So they weren't wrong in arresting her. No. I mean, and maybe the people who arrested her didn't even have any idea of what happened after that. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they're not the ones who discharged them. I don't know. A month later, in August of 2011, Latisse and Michael accepted a $900,000 settlement from L.A. County. There's never any admission to any wrongdoing from the police department, obviously, but they do agree to reevaluate their policies and procedures. Oh, of course. Yeah, we'll look into it. Well, in 2019, they got a new sheriff. Okay. Alex, it's either Villanueva or Villanueva. I'm not exactly sure how to say it. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, and he did implement some new stuff. Now there's no wait time for filing a missing persons report. Good. And they have to make sure that anyone in custody has their personal belongings before they are released. Okay. So they have their wallet, they have their phone, money, keys, whatever. Okay. Um, an article in the LA Times from March of this year mm-hmm. talked about a $20,000 reward for information about Matrice's disappearance. Okay. And it said... Quote, officials hope the reward will lead to the apprehension and conviction of those responsible for her suspicious disappearance and heinous death. Mm-hmm. And I think it used to be 10000 and now it's twenty. 
And I will link the L.A. County Sheriff's Department's website in the show notes, which is where you can find all of their contact information. Okay. Now, Teresa's case is considered an open but inactive investigation. Man. I want to end with what is inscribed on my Teresa's headstone. It says, in memory of our daughter, sister, niece, granddaughter, great-granddaughter, ours for a little while with Jesus forever. Aww. And that is the really sad story of Matrice Richardson. Mm-hmm. It's just like Ryan Waller didn't get the med- medical attention that he needed. Right. She did not get the medical attention that she needed. I wonder what was even going on. I don't know. I read somewhere, you know, how she did come out to her family or whatever. She was dating this woman and they broke up. So she was taking it hard. And that's kind of when things started getting Yeah, weird. I wonder if um, the bipolar or something can be triggered by traumatic events. I mean, even if not, I mean, if it starts showing signs and symptoms of it, whatever, late teens, early 20s, she was 24 years old. It's totally, yeah. totally possible. I mean, I, and I guess there is a possibility that she was under the influence of something, but I just struggle with that because of the fact that she was able to drive places and go places. It seems like the only thing she was struggling with was what she was saying. Yeah. That's, and what she was communicating to people. That's what seemed odd to me. Like, like she, she wasn't physically, yeah. nothing was physically wrong with her. I think it was just all mental. Yeah. I think her thoughts were all over the place. Her posting nonstop. If she wasn't posting something, she was writing in her journal and it was dated and yeah. wasn't sleeping, which is going to add to I mean, even whatever's that, going on. Even that could mm-hmm. can mess Sleep with deprivation. you. I mean, you can have hallucinations and everything. Yeah. Without I just, sleeping um, right I don't feel that it was an accidental death. I think. Was she not buried? Huh? No, they just found the remains. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I don't think she was buried. But I think either somebody found her right after she left the station or she was just wandering and got so far and then somebody went after her. But this was was not an accident in mind. I think she was left there by somebody. (laughs) Yeah. She didn't just stop there. Yeah. Um, Hopefully one day we'll get answers. I hope so. If anybody knows anything, LA County Sheriff's Department, their website will be linked in the show notes. So. Yes. Sorry to bring you down and make it's you mad okay. again. But um, um, we'll see. Maybe next time I'll come up with something that's not so depressing. Yes, we both should. Um, but these stories do need to be told. They do need to be yes, out there. they absolutely do. If you have any uh, questions, case suggestions, theories. Feedback. Yes. Uh, email us. Join our Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram. Become a Patreon. Be a relative. Yeah, become a relative. (laughs) Sorry. Yes. (laughs) Three bucks. Yes. A month. We are now on Pandora. Oh, yeah. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like us, follow us, rate, share. Review. Yes. Tell all your bodies. Pass the word. Pass the word. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, guys. Yes. Very much. Bye.